Hello and welcome to the Life Teacher Podcast. My name is Hector Suko, and with me here today is my wife, Lucia Suko. Hello, everyone. Today's episode of the Life Teacher Podcast is a special one. This is a movie commentary for the movie The Truman Show. The Truman Show, starring Jim Carrey and Ed Harris, was a movie that was released on June 5th, 1998. Now, my history with this movie is that it first came out, it kind of shocked me about this man who lived in this world that was curated only for him. And I went along with the drama and I was hooked onto this movie until the very end. Now, when a movie really hits you, what do you want to do? You want to rewatch it and rewatch it. Something peculiar started happening every time I was watching this movie. I would see something new that I didn't notice before. There are a few movies like this, like Groundhog Day. Meryl's actress's name is Hannah Gill. Now take whatever you want from it, but Hannah is alliterative. I don't see any symbolism there. And here we start with the credits of the film which are actually not the credits of the film. They're the credits of the TV show. We will see Meryl throughout the entire movie smiling as if she knows she's on camera and she's just putting on this act. Now, for those who don't know, an audio commentary of a movie is when you hear us, but you're also looking at the movie yourself and seeing what we're seeing and we're actually commenting. Here we have Marlon. You know, it's very interesting about Marlon. We have three characters in this movie that start with the letter M. Meryl, Marlon, and Mike comes in later. And here we have the start of The Truman Show. It is located in Burbank, where the dome is centrally located. In theory, the volume of the movie can be high, Ideally, you would want to hear us speaking as well. Day 10,909 makes it 29.87. So Truman here is 29.87 years old. The 0.87 tells you that his birthday is coming up, which it will be said later in the film. I estimated it to be 48 days until his 30th birthday. The word Truman, you can actually split that up to, to mean true man, because he's the only true person in that entire town. Here we have the first clue of this whole thing being fake, which is a light that falls from the sky, which is actually a dome. Now, you're, we're going to come and see a zooming in. When they zoom in in the movie, that tells you that something is wrong. And this is the first zooming in. You're going to see it right there. There are different camera angles in the movie that show whether it's the documentary TV show or the actual film. One thing I noticed about the light falling is that when he picked it up, it wasn't hot. 
usually these hot, these lights are very hot. Well, he actually so he, did touch it to see if it was hot. And, but it wasn't. But these lights are usually hot. The official movie doesn't go into what Truman ultimately does with this light. I always assume that he threw it away somehow, but a deleted scene does show that he does keep it in the trunk and that he shows Martin later in the movie, but Martin just plays it off. I found that very interesting. These are all cookie characters around him and everybody is fake. We will start to see this man in a hat who shows up almost everywhere. So much to the point where they actually named him. His name is Larry in the film. Here we're going to have, we're going to start to see him on the streets. And here we have these two twins that are going to push him into uh, the beginning of product placement. We did see the radio playing. And you would notice in the radio that the commentator always talks about something that happened in Truman's life. That is another clue to the audience that this is all fake. The radio is also a catalyst for a big turning point that happens later on. So I really do think showing that radio angle was a good point in the movie because it's a, it's a good setup. Again, obviously this newspaper saying that this place is the best place on earth. You don't wanna go anywhere else. This particular issue is with this girl named Sylvia. And since the beginning of the film, it's after he interacts with Sylvia, which I find interesting because it's based on flashbacks that we will see later in the film. the creators had a really hard time keeping Truman in this dome. And every single facet that Truman goes through, you'll see this pushback to stay in the dome, which does succeed to a certain point. Yeah, there comes a point later on in the movie that when he's a little kid, he wants to be an explorer. He wants to go out and explore and they're trying to convince him to stay here otherwise. Now here, the director of the TV show, his name is Christoph, and they're going to start to stir the plot here. Deal on the other side of the island, right? And when he gets there, the guy's going to say, do you want to go to one way or do you want to return? Again, very obvious that they're trying to instill this fear in him. Again, the guy is convincing him to, to go to this island and he just has to kind of say yes. He feels like his job is on the line. And again, you see this fear in him that he, that he believes in. Here's the one way or return comment. Again, very plainly obvious that they're, they're keeping this, this fear going. Now this guy is an actor but he still sees Truman as 
a celebrity. So this is why you're going to see him peek his head out to see him there. He, he really likes to see Truman. You know, if you've grown up with this big celebrity and all of a sudden he's face to face with you, yeah, you're going to still be in your acting mode, but you're still going to want to see him. And you're going to see that a lot throughout this, this movie. Here, this classic drama that Kristoff pulls off. I've seen half sunken boats before like this. So it really doesn't put off for me. I've seen this before. Uh, again, you see, and I think it's a little cruel. That's, you know, there, you know, the trauma that later on in the movie, you find out his trauma with water. And it's just for me, this whole movie sh show is torturing one person. Yeah, since the beginning. This yeah. whole thing is an immoral concept. And I do believe that it's the human spirit that pushes him beyond what he knows to what is reality. That yeah, there was no fake. reason for that part. There was no reason to have him go through that drama right now. Well, the reason is for the drama. Christoph still needs drama. Of course, he needs ratings, yes. And then here's another... Uh, product placement well it's not uh, just the knife thing and it, the knife will be seen later on in the movie and it, uh, it's a very integral part of the movie so it's something to keep in mind there and again I, I like the setups that the filmmakers use here you're setting up the radio you're setting up the the knife him digging the fact that he is digging is a big clue towards the end of the movie so it's very interesting Here's where the deleted scene of the light would have come in, but here we have our first look at how Truman and his best friend growing up are interacting and they're just taking these golf balls and they're just hitting them. Truman again here reiterates that he wants to go to Fiji, that he wants to travel, he wants to get out of here. And again, his best friend throughout the entire movie says, you know, you've got it made here. Why would you want to leave? And Fiji's on the other side of the world. The, the ironic thing about Fiji, it's that it's a bunch of islands and there's a, a lot of water. So even though Sylvia's dad actor said, we're going to Fiji, we're going to Fiji. Here we have Truman saying, I want to go to Fiji. I want to find Sylvia, but it's surrounded by water. So that's, that's very ironic. That's probably where, he, that's probably why he said we're going to Fiji because they know his fear of water. So where is the last place he would be going to? An island. So that's where the dad said Fiji. That's what I think. If he's fearful of the water, why does he keep saying, I'm going to Fiji? Because he's in love. And his love, he thinks that his love is going to conquer over his fear. Here we have Truman on the beach. Uh, the beach is where Truman last saw Sylvia. And at this point, I think Kristoff and the directors really want to get him away from the beach. They don't want him to, to stay there. They don't want him to keep thinking about Sylvia. 
And also this, they don't want him to keep thinking about his dad. They want to move their own plot forward. And to do that, they don't want, they don't necessarily want him near the beach. So here's where you're going to get this classic scene of that single rain that is going to fall on Truman. And then he's going to move and then the rain's going to follow him again, way out of left base. So obvious that this entire world is fake, but Truman continues living his life as if that never happened. He never, he never tells anyone about this rain phenomenon that he feels. And I, and I did find that a little bit odd that he doesn't talk to people about this particular scene. I just find it funny that it's just one little spot and he doesn't like what he does is laugh. He laughs and jokes around with this and he's not weirded out in any way. He tries to see, he tries to run away from the rain. So it's more like fun for him. Yeah. He thinks it's maybe a phenomenon. Yeah. And again, a very big mistake by the, by the creators. They're just lucky. It didn't, it didn't add to his suspicion. I mean, it maybe added a little bit, but doesn't clearly see, we clearly see that it wasn't enough to push him in any more of a direction of I I'm in this place that is, completely not real. At this point, we can talk about whether the movie would have been better in chronological order. Having these flashbacks is interesting, but what do you think about showing Sylvia and then showing the, these, these little scenes that, hey, I wanna get out of here, I wanna go to Fiji, would have been a different um, twist to the movie if he did it in chronological order, showing a bit when he was young and then while they grow up. There is a movie out there um, that the, they show the kids growing up. I can't remember what the movie is now, um, but it's like a life, a real life movie that shows the progression of age. They could have done something like that here, um, done a little bit when he was a baby then move on. You do see different parts of cameras here and there when they're babies, but it would have been nice to show it live. Here we have Larry on the right-hand side, very clearly glasses, hat. You're going to see him throughout the film. Here he's holding a newspaper. He clearly has the ear of Kristoff. So when the dad sneaks onto the set now, he's going to be the one that responds and gets the actor away from Truman and onto the bus. So you're gonna see that very clearly here. Now, while when Truman turns around, you're going to see the cocoa advertisement. You see it there on the left, the cocoa? Mococo. That's the advertisement that the wife says before he gets very upset at her. So that is a little key as to these product placements being everywhere at once. I just wonder with all the security that this place has, how did he get there? Because it's a dome. It's not an open area. Right. We did have, they did showcase about three or four people getting into the dome. So this is not a new thing. This guy knows the set. This guy knows how to get around. And he somehow was able to infiltrate the entire security system and and get through. I, I kind of accept this part of the film where he snuck in because they've they do say it later on that uh, people have done this before. 
again, everything is cookie cutter. No other commotions going on. You have this dog that was let go by one of the actors. And then you saw it, you kept, you saw it run. This is what probably one of the more disappointing parts of the film. You have your mom and your mom is supposed to be the one that is there for you, that cared for you, that raised you. And at the end of the day, it's just an actress that did a job and that she really doesn't care about him. You're absolutely right. Um, it is all a lie, but she did raise him. You know, she was there for him as a mom. Um, but she was acting. But was she true to her feelings? No, probably not. Because you can tell that she's completely acting. And we have now, me, me as a mom, I will never be able to do that. But as an actress, maybe she did. And then, and then at the same time, these actors and actresses didn't have a life. No, their life was here. So they didn't have anything else outside of this. So what happened to their families outside of this, of the studio? Well, I'm pretty sure that you would have to imagine some sort of scenario where they say, you know, if you decide, if you, let's say she dies outside of the dome, right? There, there had to have been a way for people to break the news to Truman that she passed away, but we don't know mm-hmm. where the body is. I'm pretty sure that Kristoff and the creators had their contingencies yeah. just in case anything out of the blue were to have happened during these recordings. And also you cannot think of every single little thing about a movie because at the end of the day, a movie is a construct and you have your scenes and there's only so much that you can do to think about, oh, well, what if this would have happened? What if that would have happened? And you just have to take the movie at face value. I know that we're commenting on it and we're supposed to tell you these little kind of details about the fact that he's hiding things that he's curious and wants to see Sylvia again and she knows this this the the Meryl she knows all about Sylvia she knows all about the fact that she doesn't love him yeah it's you know mom is bad but wife is also really bad because yeah mom raised you and all of that but this wife also has to do wife stuff you know, and this is, it, I don't know, it just goes beyond what an actor should be doing. You know, I was watching the making of the film and they did interview Laura Linney. And she said that she took this character and gave her a background and everything to the point where she would even say any time that she had slept with Truman as his wife, she would get a small bump in her salary. Now, here we have 10,910 at the very top. That tells you that a day has gone by since the beginning of the film. So now we have about 41 days till his birthday. And now here starts the flashback. Now, here we have Sylvia. And Truman is looking at Sylvia. And he's eyeing her. And this speeds up Meryl's introduction in the film. I do believe that Kristoff had 
his own way of introducing Meryl to Truman. And I think it was going to be rather soon. But here, because he was staring at her and Googling over her, they decided to push Meryl into his arms uh, right away. And there she, there she is. I think I Truman yeah. would have been more happy if they would have let him be with Sylvie. But at the same time, their relationship wouldn't have been completely fake but there would be some lies in their relationship. But I think that the show would have been better in my eyes to see Truman truly happy and truly in love than to be with Meryl. Yeah, but Sylvia knew that if she if they were to have any type of relationship... Um, it's a lie. Yeah, and she would not have gone for it. Now here, Truman is dancing with Meryl, and he's going to see a green bracelet on a hand. That hand belongs to Sylvia. That's important for just a little bit later in the film. And again, here we have dancing, dancing. Everything is good. Here's our only glimpse into Marlon's girlfriend slash now wife. So there's the bracelet that you see. And again, it belongs to Sylvia. Now, why they brought Sylvia back as a cast member is beyond me. Like, you already know that Truman has an eye out for her. Why bring her in again? Again, that's another mistake that you can attribute to these creators in not stepping in enough to make sure that Truman doesn't go off script. And these guys are now going to come in and take her away. Again, it's creating conflict. It's creating that drama. Truman's like, where are you taking her? This makes no sense. What's going on? Now, here we have Marlon and Meryl trying to convince him to go with them somewhere. But they have finals uh, with their schooling. Now, this would have been interesting. What if he failed? They most likely would have passed him anyway. Again, it's really according to, to Christoph. It's kind of, you know void at this point here we have the classic scene of him looking at the green bracelet that she never took off and here she is again now at this point did she sneak on to the set that's that's an important point to to discuss here because why would the creators for the second time make the mistake of letting her in and getting this close to Truman. So again, classic scene, he goes up and sees her, makes eye contact and starts this very crucial conversation that leads to one of the catalysts of his life, of meeting someone that he truly likes, finds attractive and ultimately cares about and wants to reunite with her. Her button is very interesting. When will it end? And you get to start to see this outer push on people saying, you know, what you're doing to Truman is wrong. It's just not fair. And I know that we just talked about these what ifs, but there is a true story about this possibility of this thing going on for as long as it has for 29 years 
you're you're going to have some lawsuits. The ACLU, in reality, would have definitely been involved in trying to get Truman out of this predicament, because again, it is morally, ethically wrong to do this. The first push would have been that the a corporation cannot legally adopt a child. And that would have been a first lawsuit against this corporation. And you would have to imagine that the judge would have said, no, this corporation is giving this child food, water, and shelter. And there is no reason to take this child from this corporation and give them up for another person to, to raise him. Then you would have had a second lawsuit around the time that Truman turns 18. Because by then, no longer is he owned by a corporation or, or the corporation is not his parents anymore. He's a legal adult. And if you're, an illegal, if you're a legal adult, you can be surviving on your own. So you would have to imagine that a second suit came out and said that Truman is being held against his will and that he deserves to be free. And people can protest all they want. But at the end of the day, you would have had to have a judge that said, no, Truman can leave whenever he wants. He, you know, and then the argument from the lawyers definitely would have been, oh, but he doesn't even know. And then the judge again would have had to strike it down and say, Truman can stay where he's at. He's not being harmed or, or whatever. So again, a lot of, you have to imagine that a lot of things here failed. Uh, here we have Truman on the beach. This is where the big setup is. This is why he was there that night where you had the rain scene. And again, a very crucial point in the film where that shows that he was told for the first time that his world is not real, that it's fake. He would have probably received more information if he didn't go in for this kiss. Uh, again, you, you kind of need this romance, you need this connection. But I do think that crucial time was wasted here in her not telling him details. Um, it's all fake. It's all fake. The sand, it's all fake. So when the dad tells her schizophrenia, Truman has to accept that because she just came out of the blue and said, everything is fake. Everything is fake. And she is going a little nuts here. Again, he says Fiji and yeah, it does leave an impression on Truman. He's lost his dad. He now lost this, this woman that he's falling in love with. He, he seems to be losing everything. And you just, at this point in the film, you're, you're kind of feeling for him. Here we have the car driving off on the beach. Uh, soon enough, here's the Fiji comment. And coming up now is the, the catalyst of the film. Because here we have the end of act one. And to move on to act two, usually you need a turning point. And this turning point is definitely something that gets to the heart of the, the Truman Show. And again, we, they set it up before with the radio. And so here we are again with the radio talking about, you know, things that are going on. And then there's this famous glitch.
The reason why they show this bar a lot is because it's the actual Truman bar. That's the name of the bar. And again, that's something I didn't pick up until like the 10th time I saw this movie. They, they have their, their vests and it literally said the Truman bar there. This photograph of Merrill, you're going to see in his, his office. I don't know if they intended to use the same image of Merrill or if he has multiple images of the same picture with him in his basement and at his office. Now here we have the cutouts of the eyes, the nose. Do you think this is a little bit stalkerish? I think it's a little weird. I know why he's doing that because he wants to see her again. But I think it's a little strange. Now, here we have our first glimpse of the outside world. Now, you did see Kristoff at the beginning of the film outside. And then once you came in, you, we stayed inside the dome until that particular scene. And now, finally, here we have the actual radio and we have the glitch. And then the frequency, which does come up later, the frequencies change. And then here you have the actual person talking and narrating what he's doing play by play. Uh, he's approaching this street. He's making a left turn. And, you know, he almost hit the lady. He almost hits the lady. He sees that he's turning on, on Lancaster. Lancaster Street. Classic woman with an umbrella. And then change frequencies. There's Larry again with the hat. And then the announcer definitely says, sorry about that, folks. There seems to be some frequencies. Again, very obvious that something is not right. And everybody's nonchalant. Everybody's moving on with their day like if nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of just gets frustrated here, turns off the radio. And now things are going to go way off base where he's looking at this newspaper that says cracking down on the homeless. There's Larry again. And, you know, his dad was a homeless, homeless looking person. And he's now noticing that the newspapers are always saying something about the events of his life. First, it was something falling from the sky. He saw the newspaper headline about that. Um, you know, don't go to Europe, uh, homeless crackdown. So all these newspapers are showing him things about his life. And he's, again, very, very peculiar here as he doesn't go to work. He decides not to go to work today. And here we have a zooming in. Again, zooming in because something is wrong. He's, and, not, going, he's not going with the routine of the everyday life. Right. And now this is going to cause Kristoff and the TV creators to go crazy. Uh, you would have to imagine them saying okay he's moving here he's moving here here you don't have a clear shot of him because the producers don't have a clear shot the pole literally got in their way tying your shoe classic 
hey, I'm busy right now. Don't bother me. And he's just looking for ways to see what exactly is is happening. Uh, he wants so, to be spontaneous at this at this point because. Well, I don't know if he's trying to be spontaneous. I think he's trying to be purposeful. He's trying to be intentional and to figure out what exactly is happening. The classic rearview mirror scene. And then we're going to have a few more zooming ins. You know, these bad angles are definitely showing you that these TV producers are having a tough time getting a nice view of him. That zooming in that you just saw. Here we have these cookie cutter characters. One's talking in Spanish and then you have a chessboard. The other one's just smiled and, and said what was going on. Here we have Larry caught red-handed staring at him. And so here we have the bus scene where he, you know, acts as if stop. Now in real life, what would happen? Oh, people would be honking. People are saying, get out of the way. And you don't have that here. No, also, nothing. Everybody's calm. Everybody's collective. Also, if, stopping. Right. Also, if I see this happening, I would stop and stare. I would stop and say, why is this guy in the middle of the road? Mm -hmm. Try to get him out of the road or call or out call to him something. Or the police. You know, you do see police officers, but you don't see them in action yeah this part's hilarious because this part everybody's like oh my god he's here what, what are we hat. doing notice the hat the woman mm -hmm. in the hat and now you're going to see the woman in the hat right now in this classic scene where it's all a big lie there's the woman with the hat and the man that was next to her is also there obviously you have the coffee the food and the people with the headphones um and again, this sets up the whole elevator thing that Meryl says, oh, I need to go to the hospital to amputate this person's leg because the elevator fell down. Uh, again, they use everything that happened in Truman's life for the narrative. And again, what happens if you hit someone? We're going to say, hey, say something to you about right? yeah. Hey, well, what's going on? And the guy does not respond. He, but I think seen... they should have. They would have made it more real that they should have had those interactions with him not let everything just be perfect i think that that was their number one mistake is that everything was hmm? too perfect too perfect again here we have this scene where you know he approaches his friend right right who can he trust right now he has his suspicions about his wife but his friend is really the one that it should be there for him. And, and he just goes to him. Uh, something about this, this movie that I, that I like is a little joke of these people being hired as extras. And so imagine being an extra or you want to be an extra in a movie and you get hired and they say, yes, you're hired as an extra. And then you say, great, what's my role? Well, how, what do I play? Well, you're playing an extra. <laughs> You're playing an extra as an extra in a movie as an extra. It, I, I just find it hilarious. Now here he convinces his friend to leave his job in the middle of the day. Again, kind of unrealistic. Maybe have a scene of Marlon telling his boss he needs to leave, but, but it looks like Marlon just leaves. Uh, 
uh, hey, let's pretend we don't know. I think people are in on it. You have this weird mirror looking shot. I, I kind of didn't like it, but here we have our first comment about God. And the fact that the antagonist of the film, Kristoff, has this God complex is our, this is this the first glimpse about the God complex. You know, no, uh, Marlon says here, oh, that's the big man. And it's all man-made. Right. This isn't God's work that you're seeing. These are this is man's work that you're seeing. And he's comparing Christoph's work as God himself doing this. And it was just a little bit of a glimpse as to what kind of antagonist Christoph is. Also, if you take Christoph and you separate the word, you have the word Christ in his name. Again, very obvious clue that Christoph does have a God complex. Now, for those of you that are curious, Truman does make a statement here about Mount Rushmore. And if you want, you can pause the movie at 3728 to see his comment about the Mount Rushmore picture being photoshopped. Essentially, it's photoshopped and that Mount Rushmore is not as big as it should be in the picture. And then finally, we have the mom saying the birthday comment. Your birthday is coming up, right? You would imagine now that this is the 10,911. Now, the TV is turned on on purpose. They want Truman to, to, to see this, right? This isn't Truman's doing. And the TV show is, again, doing these subliminal messages for him to stay where he's at. And this you can definitely compare to subliminal messages that you have throughout your life to go against what your heart wants. But what does your heart want? Your, your heart wants to follow your dreams. And I think that's why a company like Disney is so successful. Disney has really pushed for follow your dreams, follow your dreams. And because it's talking directly to the heart, I think that's why Disney is just so successful. Uh, here we have also him zooming in to, to her fingers that are crossed. For those who don't know, fingers crossed means that you're lying, that you're fibbing. And the fact that you're saying I do and kissing your quote unquote husband and crossing your fingers is definitely a dead giveaway. Uh, here we have Truman searching for the frequency that the glitch caused earlier. And... He says, here, I need to talk to you. This definitely has to do with the crossed fingers. And she goes, here, no, I can't. The elevator, the surgery, the amputation, which also does have its own mistakes. Um, and again, he says here, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. And then Meryl pauses. 
And that pause is very, very interesting as if she knows that years ago, she crossed her fingers when marrying him saying it's a lie. And I def definitely, what do you think about her pause here? Yeah, she, I think she knows what he's talking about or that it's something that he said that is out of the blue. Right. Something that's not normal. And it's actually one of so the something few, is up. Yeah, it's definitely one of the few times Meryl doesn't smile. Yep. She does. She smiles all the time. And when she doesn't smile, you know that something's up. My thing is this. Um, now we'll get into him following her to the hospital. Because as she says, she has an amputation um, to do. Uh, maybe we never knew that she was a surgical nurse. You know, we know that she's a nurse, but all of a sudden she works in surgery. Um, but if this would have been a real hospital, there would be no way that Truman would be able to get all the way to where the surgeries are at. Well, here we have the nurse stopping him. The nurse stopping him, but all of a sudden she turns around. He turns around like if he's going to leave and then she disappears and the doors are wide open for him to come in. Yes, they do try to stop him, but you're right. There's no obvious security there in time. Exactly. If it would have been a real hospital, there would have been these doors would be locked. And there was no way that you can get through those doors. Well, you have to also remember that this movie takes place before 9-11. So the amount of security in places. But there's still but there's still security in hospitals. Before 9-11, security was very laxed very laxed you didn't have metal detectors everywhere you walked into disney you you, you literally walked into everywhere and since 9-11 and because of the recent events now in this day and age you have much more security than you did before 9-11 where is the security guards here they the security, come later they come later but, but why why weren't they there when when they needed to now, here are a few things about this amputation that don't make any sense. Number one, she's supposed to be sedated and she wakes up in the middle. Uh, number two, he never makes an incision above her knee. Mm -hmm. And she wakes up because there's no blood being touched. Yeah, there's no blood. There's no blood. His hands are clean. The doctor's right. hands are clean. Right. And again, he's just being very thrown off by, by what's going on. Um, the poster that they had here, you wouldn't find that poster in a travel agency. Why are you finding a poster about a plane getting uh, struck by lightning in a travel agency? One wow. thing that I noticed in this scene is that she has a napkin on her chest. And most people don't know this, but the napkin on her chest is what you use to do makeup before you come on camera. Because you don't want to get your outfit dirty. So they put the napkin on you. So that's like a makeup thing that they do. So these are just different situations that they're making him go through in order for him not to travel. And that there's no flights for, what was it, like a month, a month. or two months? A month, yeah. You know, no flights anywhere. Now, has he figured it out? No. I do not believe that at this point he has figured out exactly what's happening to him. Back the bus. Here on the left. Yeah. 
Yeah, the random bag um, getting the bus to try to leave. Now, this child that you're about to see on the bus is the only child we see in Truman's adult life. She couldn't handle being an extra, which is why you only saw her and no other kids. Everybody here is facing. Yeah, everybody is facing forward. No one is talking. Well, the little girl. Little girl. Yeah, the little girl just tries to say something. It's him, but then the mom is trying to like try to you know get her to look somewhere else. But not one sound is coming out of this bus. And again, we have these cookie cutter characters. We have the two nuns. We have the person in uniform that works for the military. Uh, uh, now here we can have a discussion. This is either one of two things happening. Number one, he's an actor and he doesn't know how to drive the bus or he does know how to drive the bus and is breaking it down on purpose because we do have buses being driven in the show that we don't know if this him show. in particular is knows... one of the is one of those bus drivers. Right. Right. So what is your opinion? Um, the way that he starts looking at the at the wheel and everything at the beginning makes me seem like he has no clue what he's doing. So that's what I lean towards. Um, the fact that everybody gets off with no problem. You're right. Is like no one gets mad. Everybody just get off. He stays there. He's the only one that's upset and everybody else is perfectly fine about that. I'm leaning towards what you what you're concluding as well that he's just an actor and he was just there to be there and once you see Truman coming into the bus he has no idea how to even drive this thing so he just does what he can and, and just breaks it down anyway see this is another scene that I would have done a little differently instead of Meryl being all the lovey-dovey happy glow person that she is as a woman you come into my work because you don't trust me you know, there has to be some type of argument there. You're right. At the, you, she should have said, hey, your uh, nurse told me that you came to the hospital. Why? Why are you coming on to check up on me or something? You know, it can't, you know, this whole lovey-dovey, no argument type of thing. It, it, it's not real. They should have made it a little bit more real. Right. And here we have Truman noticing what's happening in the neighborhood. This girl on the bike man with the flowers and now the dent dented beetle, which again, at one point you're saying, okay, did Kristoff or the producers get to the beetle in time or is the beetle just delayed? And then here we have our payoff. We see the beetle and then he but starts explaining to her that it, they're going around in a circle. But at the same time, if he's noticing these circles, how, how long has he been in the car for? A while. They should have kept that in mind. What is he doing in the car? If he's in the car in the same place, don't have the same route going on. Because you don't know if he's looking at that, if he's looking at something else. Right. And again, here we have, he's actually the one that's arguing and she's not. She's Yes, she's not. She's not doing anything. And even though the producer is telling you, don't argue with him, don't argue with him. You're absolutely right. She should have known, you know, maybe I should go head-to-head -head with him a little bit here. Let's go now. <laughs> and again, these obvious things about, you know, let's go this place and then you have all this traffic. Okay, no, well, let's go this place and then there's no traffic. It's just, 
it's just crazy to me. Obviously, he's swerving here. And she even puts her seatbelt on because she's scared. She's scared for her life. Yeah, yeah, this is a TV show, but they can still crash. Right, right. I don't know how many times I can go in a circle and not get extremely nauseous. It seems here that they go in a circle about, what, 10, 12 times? Yeah. And uh, he doesn't put his seatbelt on. No. Now, the only thing I can come up with as to why the traffic was put there after Truman said one location rather than the next is because in order to go to one location, let's say Atlantic City, the road isn't finished. So they had to create some sort of traffic to make sure he doesn't go on that road. However, now he's going to say, let's go to New Orleans. And I'm assuming you have to take another road, which is the one that is finished and that it's the one that leads to the nuclear power plant. You know, now, I find it interesting in this part that he, oh, this tra uh, traffic, okay, backing up, and then back to circle. Right. I just don't understand how he can go back to the circle. Now, here he speeds through and actually takes the stop sign. That's a that, that small detail, but... Um, you will see the stop sign here on the right-hand side and he's just going to take it. He's going to turn right. And I just found it pretty interesting that I don't know if it's a movie mistake or that has to be a movie mistake. You can, a traffic is not going to go right by with nothing here. He takes a stop sign, right? But you know, he, do, he doesn't obey by, by traffic laws at all. Was it intentionally written in the script that he will take it or is it a movie mistake that they didn't see movie mistake? They didn't see. Okay. Now here he can't. It's fear of water even goes with driving over a bridge. Right. And now here you have the zooming in. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anytime they zoom in, you know something that something's extremely wrong. Extremely dangerous. This is a dangerous act. Uh, I don't know if there are any stunts. I'm pretty sure they had to, you no, know, get this these is death. Yeah, yeah, this is them in a studio. But what I'm saying is the, the car itself had to be rigged with cameras. Now, at this point, Truman definitely is getting this sense of it's all fake. So with the fire thing, I think that he just said, you know what? I'm going to go right through it because I don't think they're going to let me die. Right? He, he's getting this inclination. I don't think he's 100% there but I do think that he's 80 to 85% there. Yeah. And he just said to himself, they're not going to let me die. If people are really in charge of me, they won't let me die. So I'm going to drive right through this fire. Here we have the nuclear uh, power plant leak. And they can only use this nuclear leak once, right? If, yep. if he goes back home and then comes out there again, what, are they going to do another nuclear leak? I mean, mm -hmm. I guess this was their one time to use it. Uh, I don't think you can use it again if the movie would have continued or if his life would have continued without him getting out. Uh, I just wonder what else did they have in their pocket 
to say you cannot continue down this road. Doesn't this, she this, say something like, oh, thank God or something like that? No, he's, she says, can I help? And they said, no, there's nothing you can do as a nurse here. And again, very big mistake. You know, no problem, Truman. You're okay. And then even, even Meryl is like, oh man, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. Again, she doesn't smile at, in that scene. If you look at her now, she doesn't smile. She's very worried about what's, what's going to happen. Yeah, and why are these people trying to catch him and not the police? Oh, because it's a nuclear they're supposed, leak. But they're supposed to be going with a nuclear leak. And then these machines are putting, they're sticking it into his face. What are the machines or the cameras? Yeah. You know, I think it would have been more the police that would take him down. These people would be more where the leak is. The, the leak is not in the forest. The leak is more in the plant. Right. So I think the police should have been the one to take him down here. Because the police were the ones that took him home. Right. right. And here we have the second police officer on the left looking in to see if they can see him, the celebrity. Uh, you have a lot of that. I pointed it out before. And th it's not the only time that you'll see it. It's just, it's just something to, to marvel at, that these extras are looking in to, to see if they can get a glimpse of him. believe this is when she has a mental breakdown well she brings in the product placement of the mococo the one that we saw when his dad was taken in, mm -hmm. in behind him and, and it just she, and it pisses it, it gets him mad it gets him mad that what's what's the, what does that have anything to do with what we're talking about now right right and then obviously the knife is there it was used as the product placement but then it was just used in their everyday um life she she's going to use it here and you know the as a filmmaker you want to focus on her you want to focus on what's happening to her but in this scene focus on what he does he takes the knife away from her but as he's taking the knife away from her it's actually pretty close to her neck and that's when she says help me help me his intention was never to harm her. His intention mm -hmm. was to take it out of her hands. You see, gets it out of her hands, but she's the one saying, help me because the knife is actually pretty close to her neck. Um, he's holding on to her there, holding on, holding on, holding on. And she finally is able to. And she even free. says, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Right. And they're moving into a dark place now. Now very, all of a sudden someone's there. Right. Right. I, I do find it very symbolic that there was a that they moved into a dark room, a dark place. I found it very symbolic. And again, here comes the friend. Right. And it's at this point where it's 100 percent. At this point, he knows that everything is fake and that he needs to get out of there. This is where I'm convinced that even his best friend, even my best friend is against me here. So I need to find a way out. So at this point in the film, Truman knows in my eyes, and he is going to act for the audience and for the TV producers in order to uh, find a way out. He's, he's, he's making a plan. He wants to get out. And this is where I believe it happens. 
uh, here we're going to finally get the reveal that Marlon is being fed his lines through Kristoff. And here you're going to see a lot more of Kristoff and the TV producers and the camera angles and everything that they can do in this in this dome. But with, even with all they can do, what they couldn't do is keep Truman there any longer based on all of their mistakes, based on every time they, they've tried to convince him to stay. I truly believe that it's the human spirit that pushed Truman to find the truth. I also believe that the scene with Meryl finished act two. And then now we're moving on to, let's say in act three. Now the story that will end here is his search for his dad. You know, he lost his dad, but then the dad sneaked onto the set and for Kristoff and the producers, it, it was for, for them to finish that storyline. I, I truly believe that they thought that if they finished the storyline with the dad, Truman and questioning his world would have been over. And I think Truman does here, what, what he does here is purely genius. He's saying, I will finish your story. I will hug this man, but I know he's not my dad. Again, we have here the con concerned faces. Paul Giamatti, you can never go wrong with Paul Giamatti. And the last thing I will ever do is lie to you. It's pretty insane. Now, in the making of the film, Marlon's story is, is that he would have maybe started out as a child actor and he stayed on for the money and to further his career. But he did do interviews about his parents being part of the TV program and that he was he was told, hey, here, make a friend. And then you would have to imagine that at one point he would have been told the truth and stayed on knowing the truth that his friend was part of this big tv show that he would have been a celebrity and then here's the the climatic scene for Kristoff and the tv show where the dad finally comes in and will begin to be part of truman's life You know, Christoph says here, less fog. Notice his two rings. You know, he cares about how he looks and how he looks to the world.
All right, here we have the music coming in. I find it sad how they're bringing in his dad. And I know you think that he already knows that this is all fake and that this is not real, but it's still hard to bring in your dad that they already killed off and now he's alive again because they think that this is a way of bringing you back into the story and into the fakeness of everything that he's, he's going through. So it's again, it's another trauma that he's going through. Notice the security team's t-shirts that say, love him, protect him. Again, this goes back to there are two sides of this story. You have the people protesting Truman and the way that they're treating him versus the people that adore him and love seeing him on TV and love seeing him uh, going through these narrations of Kristoff's vision. And now here we have Sylvia, classic hidden gem here. And it wasn't until I saw the movie about the third or fourth time that I noticed that in her residence, you hear emergency vehicle sirens in the background. It is a stark contrast between the real world and Truman's world. No emergencies ever. In Truman's world, there are no police cars or ambulances. If you want, you can freeze the frame around this time at 102.02 to see the dome on the map. I cannot tell you where it is. I'm assuming that it is Los Angeles. And here we have the reporter. Now, the reporter's name is very, very interesting. His name is Mike Michelson. Is Mike short for Michael? Because the, the last name Michelson is literally split up to Michael's son. I really hope that his first name is not Michael. Because Michael Michelson, it just doesn't sound uh, appealing. You know, what we just saw about the audience watching the show, you know, a couple days have gone by. But then you see the same man in the same bathtub throughout the whole time. So what, this guy has been in his bathtub for a couple of days? Like those are the things that if you're watching it from the outside, it doesn't make sense. You know, the security guards, a couple of days have come by. You're not doing your job. You know, it's, it's just going a little out there. Now, apparently he, now, yeah. apparently now they're just doing more memories of his life. Yeah, but here we have the intruders. Here we have the intruders. We have our first intruder. We have our second intruder. Notice the parachute sign. It says, Truman, you are on TV. And Truman didn't notice it. But that sign is actually in Sylvia's room when she calls in. So it's. I, I think it's very interesting on the production designer to make sure that Sylvia's room matches with her being one of the leaders of this movement to get Truman out of there. 
And in this memory, every single person on that beach is looking at Truman. Yeah. They don't want him to go over because he's looking at the construction of the dome. Construction. Exactly. And he's little, so he really doesn't know what he's looking at. Now, here we have the explorer comment. And you can definitely start figuring out that he was meant to be an explorer. He wanted to look and... Yeah, and the way his teacher did that, oh, everything's been explored. Everything's done. There's nothing else to see. You know, a teacher, us being teachers, we wouldn't do that to a child. We want them to continue exploring. And there's many things out there that have not been um, found. And with this conversation with Kristoff, you can definitely see the God complex come into play. Examples of him being quote unquote God are very prominent. He's controlling people's lives. He's controlling people's lines, their behaviors. He does say something that an antagonist, you know, there are very few quotes that antagonists say that I remember. One of the ones is being the Joker from the Dark Knight. You know, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. If you if something goes according to plan, no one bats an eye. But as long as if you do something else, everybody loses their minds. Here, Christoph does say, quote, we accept the reality of the world in which we are presented, end quote. And I found that to be very, very interesting quote. The show does get a call from The Hague, and it's a city in the Netherlands that looks similar to to the city of Seahaven, which I found a little bit interesting. Here we finally are being told about the product placements and that everything that you see in the movie is for sale. So obviously you have Meryl showing the knife, showing the cocoa. It's It's not even the fact that she is showing the knife it's that she's actually using it in her daily life that shows the people hey i kind of want that knife because not only is she showing it to me but she's actually using it in real life and i think that's why it was very accessible right there on the counter for her here we have the the signs the propaganda say no to say no to the truman show uh you you are going to see the parachuter sign I believe it's going to be on the right-hand side. But but they do have it out here, and I think that it just gives the, the film an extra layer of I'm against you, you're against me, and what what's right is what eventually is what Truman will decide to do for himself. Another poster in Sylvia's residence. You're just getting pretty angry talking to him because he just, he doesn't see it. No, and he's, and he will never go, he will never see it. I mean, for the rest of his life, he would live knowing, having this thought of, I never did anything wrong at my job and bringing Truman in, which is kind of fearful because if you really think about it, what's to stop the TV producers from doing this again to a new baby? Exactly. because we don't know what happened to Truman's mom 
you know, when they decided to give it up for adoption, did she get any money returned for this? You know, we don't we don't know what that arrangement was. Right. And you can also start predicting what happens after the movie ends to all of these characters. Towards the end, I would like to go a little bit more into, you know, what does happen to Truman once he leaves the dome? Because, yeah, you have the end of the movie, but I would have probably been, there's the sign, Truman, you are on TV on the right-hand side. You know, I, I would have liked to see what happens to Truman in a part two, you know? Yeah. What happens to Kristoff? What happens to Meryl? Maybe not Meryl, but you know, how, no, what, what well, happens? let's see what happens. Did she? Fi- did he find her? We don't know if Truman finds her. You know, did he start having a life with her? How did he adjust to the real life for the first time? Right, right. Here's uh, the guy we, again. We do learn that Sylvia lives in Los Angeles, and that's very, very close to Burbank. So she is close to the dome, which sets up what we're going to talk about later. Christoph does say in that conversation, quote, he can leave at any time, end quote. And I do believe that that's a foreshadowing of upcoming events. The fact that he said he can leave at any time. Now, again, here is the God complex. This is my creation. I'm going to pet the screen here. I believe this is the second time that someone pets the screen. I think that Sylvia also touches the screen as if she's touching Truman. And here's the the second time he there's a person that touches the screen and it's Truman. Obviously, it's nighttime and they need to do a, a night vision camera. I think this scene is also interesting. You're going to see him start putting soap on the mirror and acting as if he is an astronaut. But he's going to tick off these two guys. Now, these two guys, it's very interesting. If you look very closely, they have plastic on their shoes. I found that very interesting. It never comes up. And, and I noticed that. And I was just like, is is Christoph a, a clean freak? Like, why are they wearing those things on their shoes? What any opinion for you? Um, yeah, it has to be something with cleansiness. Um, they are made of paper, not plastic. It's the same um, material that they use for surgeries. And for any work around the house that they may need and they don't want to um, make uh, prints and stuff. But it could be that. It could be cleansiness because you are, instead of taking off your shoes, you're just putting your shoes in that sh- extra shoe, I guess, to not dirty things. Now, here the crew is on edge. And then they find out later that he's just messing around. I, I think that that does lead them being nonchalant towards off-putting behavior, right? Meryl left. So this is how he's coping, right? Oh, Meryl left. This is how he's coping. Meryl left. So when he's in the basement and he starts hiding for real, for real, they're just going to say, oh, Meryl left him. He's just, you know, this is what he does. But that's what we, that's what we think. We, they really never, he never says anything. Meryl left me. No, he doesn't bring it up to anybody. Right. 
And as he's going on with his day, like if anything else, nothing else is different, you know, his reaction to everybody else. There's no difference. Like if your wife would have left, left you. And once again, the twins with the product placement. Right. And he's like, hey, let's go up to my office now. Right. He's testing them. Yeah. And he I'm pretty sure he in his mind, it was like, you know, they, they won't come up. Let me test them. Now, here on the right hand side, you're going to see Meryl's picture. Same picture from when he was in the basement. Um, keep a close eye on that picture. You're going to see it one more time. And then in this next frame you're going to see that picture disappear. I believe that was an honest mistake from the movie, from the actual movie. And again, it's, it's funny because, oh, here comes this new woman. Now Meryl's out of the picture, literally out from that picture. Yeah, frame. and I, th- I thought that was really wrong. Like, he's still technically married. He still has his wedding ring on. Uh, like, really? Very interesting. Yeah, they're separated, but you're right. He still has his wedding ring on and he's meeting this new woman. Uh, here, I find it funny that the crew wants to look on task. It's just very normal that if your boss comes in and you're chilling, eating a pizza, right? Uh, the cat, I, I don't know why the cat's there. I just find it, again, very interesting that there's an animal in in the studio while you have plastic or paper on your shoes. Because the cat's fur is going to be everywhere. Yeah, but maybe it's his cat. So you're saying that the cat is somehow Dr. George Claw from GoGo Gadget, and he's there petting the cat with his arm. Maybe it's it's his it's his cat, so he doesn't think it's um, dirty. Right, and now they have their IDs, but we see that Christoph does not have an ID around his neck. Again, very interesting. We, we also don't know what time of day this is. We know it's nighttime, but we don't know the actual time. I would venture to say three or four in the morning. He does come in in his robe and he's drinking his coffee, but they're eating pizza. You don't eat pizza at four in the morning, but maybe you do because you've been up hey, all night. We don't know. It doesn't matter shifts. when you eat pizza. Pizza can eat at whatever time of the day. When you're a nurse you're and you have the night shift, you're going to eat at night. Now, this is very interesting. Christoph is trying to figure out, you know, something's up. He knows something's up. And how does he know something's up? It's because he's been doing this for 30 years, right? This is very unusual and again, the astronaut thing could have really put the TV producers off and say, you know, he's been doing all of these weird things and we're just going to let it go. Now, is he sleeping in the basement because Meryl's upstairs? No, Meryl left. So why is he sleeping in the basement? Exactly. And so why is he doing the astronaut thing on the mirror? Right. These are just sort of the behavior. You wouldn't think that it's a little better that he's sleeping in the basement because Meryl's upstairs? No, because Paul Giamatti's character says he went there, he went uh, down there after she left. 
I love the classic tire screeching and the smoke coming from from the tires. Because now they have to find them. They can't. They don't know where he is. Right. But that was an effect for the film. Of course. And he's always coming in with that beer. Definitely product placement, but he's always coming in with that beer. They, he drank that beer in when they were playing golf. They were drinking that beer when the dad showed up. and That's his go-to beer. Right. That, he brought in that beer to save him from Merrill or to save Merrill. And now for the fourth time, you're seeing him bring in that beer. Again, playing it off. The Fiji Island, the map. That's where he wants to go. Give me the lawn cam. Give me the lawn cam. You know, and that's what he may have doing, been doing for a while. It's just digging, digging, digging into the basement. But, you know, kind of reminds me of the Shawshank Redemption of him just digging and digging and digging. He must have known that that basement led to that part of the yard in order to that's get out. That's when he uh, broke, what is that called? The fourth wall? Yes. 10,913 shows you that it's been up this. So the movie lasted about five days. But yeah, fourth wall is when you look directly at yeah, the camera. And these people haven't left their couches. I'm pretty sure the guy in the bathtub is still there. Well, yeah. People at the bar are still there. Well, that's the thing. If it's four or five o'clock in the morning and Christoph just woke up, I don't kind of believe that the people are just there at the bar. I know it's the yeah. Truman bar, but you're not going to be there day in and day out watching, watching Truman. So why? I just don't think it makes enough sense for that many people to be there at four or five o'clock in the morning. This scene also got me a little flustered because if I'm Truman hiding and I see the moon now being a spotlight, that would have been a dead giveaway that I'm yeah, living even, in some sort of dome. Him, even if they would have found him and he wouldn't have you know, left at this point, there is no way that they're going to reel him back in and continue this show. They know that that's it. This show is done. Right. I think that they pretended or they convinced themselves, if we find him, great, we'll figure out what we, we can do later. Mm-hmm. That's what their mindset was. It's not, if their mindset was, well, that's it. He knows he left us. We're done. Uh, you wouldn't have a movie. You wouldn't have an ending. I mean, I, this is a good ending. And I do believe that their no, mindset. I know at, this is a good ending, but they have to have in their mind, in their mind, Christoph has to have in his mind that, yes, no, we need to find them. We need to see what happened to him. But at the same time, it's there's no turning point. Now, that's why I think he knew it was going to be over. And that's why he did to what he did to Truman at the end with the whole storm, because he knew that that there's no way Truman is going to agree to continue the show. You know, here they can't find them because it's also nighttime. And when it's nighttime, you don't can't, you can't see very well. 
So here is when he had to make a drastic choice, which this, if he didn't see the moonlight, he's going to see that all of a sudden it's daytime. Right. And I just also find it interesting that no one ever said the time of day. Here is somebody saying, what time is it? But And people looking at their clocks, but no one is saying the actual time of the day. Mm-hmm. And they now they want everybody just to get back to normal. Well, yeah. Paul Giamatti's character is going to say, is everybody at first positions? And you're going to see Larry. Here you're having the start of the wheels turning of just, just cease transmission, right? Yeah. He said cut transmission, but ceasing transmission is something completely different. And now when they go back to live, it's not going to match with what is outside. As we see first positions, you do see Larry right there, dead center on the street with that classic hat on. Now everybody's in first position and they go back to live again. Yeah. And first position on the TV show. But in first position and how people are now, it's not supposed to be daytime. Right. So right. now the time is off from the real world and this world. And now his and now Christoph's expertise is telling him, let's look at the water. Even though he's fearful of the water, let's look. We really haven't been looking there. And let's let's see if he's there. Which I, I, I agree with this narrative that at one point he said, Let's look at the water, even though he's scared of it. And we're back. Again, bar full of people at four o'clock in the morning. Here they are showing you that people do exist at the parking lot. (laughs) I just can't get over the guy in the bathtub. That must be one pruny little body. <laughs> you know, this part that they do, I to me, it's one of the worst parts of the movie. And this is where he takes his God complex to the next level. Right. Because he could have killed him. And, and if he would have, this is a real life human person. And you're a about to commit murder in front of the whole world. Right. And the, that's something that he just, he was not, he was not paying attention to. He was not looking at. Here we have the name of the boat, which is Santa Maria, which is one of Christopher Columbus's ships. And Christopher Columbus was an explorer, kind of like what Truman wants to do. Very interesting. And here we have the actor. Again, can't drive a boat. Right, right. He can't drive the bus. So that's why, again, we lean towards him not being able to drive anything. And the fact that they needed to get people out there on this boat, they just couldn't. They just were not prepared for these types of contingencies in which they now face. So now what are they going to do? Like what you said, they're going to start using storms to try to get him to be fearful and to come back to land. Them using the the weather 
to control Truman definitely shows another side of his God complex, because we know that God controls the weather and that now that you have people controlling the weather it does show you that they want to try to be God here. The score, the music score that you're hearing is the same sound from the plant leak scene. They do reuse it. I find it very interesting. Uh, here, the producers say to Kristoff, you know, he's going to die in front of a live audience. And then Kristoff responds, well, he was born in front of a live audience. And so again, there's the God complex. You know, he was born and we were there. And even if he dies, we're in control of him. Kristoff is ultimately the one that decides when the boat is being brought back up. And even at this point, Kristoff is not wearing an ID. Everybody's wearing an ID except for Kristoff. Again, these are the very minute details that this that these producers and the director went very far to make sure that everything was just right in this film. And you have to give them a lot of credit for it. A lot. Jim Carrey definitely deserved at the very least an Oscar nomination, but didn't get it. But this definitely was the start of his career as far as drama. He's always been a comedic genius with Ace Ventura and Liar Liar and The Mask. But this is one of his first dramatic films and he hit it out of the park. And it's the only film that I like of him. <laughs> I always wondered at this point, can he see down to him from that view? Because they never show him through that view. Yeah, they he's... only show him through the cameras in the water and stuff. Right. And here you have the sky and then it's yeah. supposed to be thundering outside. Mm -hmm. um, if he had a telescope, maybe, but he's just to himself at that point. Uh, he here he he dares him you know is that the best you can do and he says increase the wind increase the wind again god complex it's very obvious and this is when they're saying no we're not going to do it we're not doing it and then he does it himself mm -hmm. he wraps around he wraps himself around the boat so if the boat sinks he's going to sink with it right and he's not giving up Now we can start talking about the end as far as life goes for Truman. He, when he gets out and he stabilizes to a certain point, he's going to need a lot of mental health therapy. For sure. Because he's not going to know what's real, what's fake. The paparazzi are going to be chasing him for a good amount of time. He's not going to be left alone. 
here the heavens are opening up hopefully when he gets out the first person that he finds is sylvia everybody here is happy that he made it through the storm and christoph finally realized enough is enough You know, I find that very funny that the boat keeps moving and all of a sudden, boom, it's the wall. Right. And there's another thing to, to talk about. If, you're, if you are able to control the weather, this boat does not have a propeller. It can only mm. be pushed by wind. by wind. So if you are controlling the weather, just they stop the wind and the boat won't, won't, will just stop. I, I found that as also interesting. Maybe it does have a propeller and we haven't seen it, but there's no reason why... If you can't control the weather, you'll just stop the wind and stop this boat from moving. And his fears are gone with the water. He's relaxed. He's calm. And then all of a sudden, boom, they There's hit a, the wall. There, there, there are a couple of strong symbolisms with him hitting this wall. Number one is the phrase, you hit a wall, right? Mm -hmm. the, you, you can't move any further. And again, this is what the drive of the human spirit is. If you hit a wall, what's going to happen, right? You want to go over it. You want to go around it. You want to get through it. You want to keep moving past this blockade. And how do you do that? You just keep pushing and pushing. You find other ways to get around it. And that's what he does. At first, he tries to hit the, the wall, but then he just looks around and then notices, hey, there's a pathway here. Let's see where that leads. Because you see that the water is not completely where the wall is. Right. And you can also say that the boat crashed into the real world. Mm -hmm. Right. He finally sees something that is very real and it's the dome and that it's all fake. And he and that's that's reality It's that the dome is is there. He probably thinks at this time, you know, I'm not going to get out of here. I'm, I'm trapped until he he finds the path. Right. Right. Very dramatic moment. Uh, the director, Jim Carrey, definitely deserve high marks for for bringing the this drama to fruition. It, it really does take a lot to make a film and and to get to this point where you have this character finding his way out after all of this. You, you have to give them credit for, for this. Mm -hmm. I love the shadows here. Uh, you know, you had the shadow of his fingers as he approached the wall here. You have his shadow of his body on the dome. And finally, the stairs. I mean, the stairs, they have natural shadows to them, but nobody would have ever seen it from, from the island. You only would have seen these stairs if you're literally close up to it. 
and here is his last ditch attempt to get him out. Now here the door says exit and you're going to hear a booming voice from the sky. Again, God complex, right? You, you just cannot get any more obvious than that. I also like that in the in this dialogue, the word God is actually said twice. Christoph, I think, says, say something, God damn it. And then Sylvia says, please, God. You know, I, I just find it very funny that in less than a minute, the word God was used twice in the dialogue. The director of the film was Peter Weir. He also directed Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams, another classic film with dozens of others. Andrew Nichol wrote and produced this movie along with The Terminal with Tom Hanks. He also wrote and directed The Host, the Stephanie Meyer novelist book. I enjoyed The Host as well. That was a good movie. And it won't, well, you read the book. Here he, here he is petting him again. Again, who pets I love, who, right? The, the, yeah. Usually it's an owner petting an animal. You don't usually pet humans. Uh, not necessarily. I sometimes pet, not pet in the sense, but I caress my kids' heads. Right, but was that a petting or was that a caress? It could be a caress. Of Okay, so again, you- My own, child, this is my child. Right, right. And I love how he ends it with his little saying. Yes. Coming back full circle. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And good night. Now we can start talking about what actually happens to him when he leaves the dome. We know that Sylvia is, lives very close, and you're going to see her running down the stairs and out the door. We figured that there would be three groups of people looking for Truman as he leaves. The first person is definitely Sylvia. She's going to get into her car, drive around the dome, and see if she can find him. The second group that is going to be looking for Truman as he leaves is regular people that live near the area. He's a worldwide celebrity being watched on TV by millions of people. So anybody that lives close to the area will definitely leave their house and look for him. Here they cease transmission forever. 
And I guess the channel has to be bought by someone else, right? Because the guy says, oh, let's look at the TV guide. Let's see what else is on. But now we're in the credits. The third group are the paparazzi. They're going to want to see pictures of him. The first picture of Truman outside the dome. Can you believe the amount of money magazines or TV show or TV station will pay in order to get a first picture or a first look at Truman outside the dome? It's insane. It would be the amount of money that person would have. So definitely paparazzi, definitely Sylvia, and definitely just random people look going out and trying to find him. Now, you would have to assume that at one point, Sylvia does catch up with him. And she's going to say, get in my car, get in my car. And Truman goes into her car. She takes him back to her apartment. And Sylvia now tells him every single thing about his life and how it was all set up. And then we can talk about what happens in the next few days and weeks and months. And I'm pretty sure there must be some recordings out there that he can see um, his life and, and what happened. Or maybe he doesn't want to know anything that happened in the dome. Maybe he just wants to start a brand new life outside the dome and doesn't want to know anything to do with that life. Right, right. And now we know, we know that he majored in banking. And so the idea is, is that he would, I guess, either get a job as a banker or go to a college and actually major in something else. But I would because assume I, that. He but if you have to, have to think that if he stayed in, in this Truman land, does his degree have value? Does this schooling have value? Because the whole schooling and everything that he had was for him. It wasn't for anybody else. Were these teachers actually certified? That Was the college accredited? So now you have to think, does he have to start his life all over again? And maybe what he knows about banking isn't what, what there truly is. Right. So let's, okay, so let's assume just for a second that the degree is accredited and it's accepted, right? Is is he now going to be getting a banking job as he tries to get back to normal, right? You Honestly, not, I would not. Maybe not, right? I think- because I will leave else. my that life, I leave that life behind and right. start brand new. Now, at one point, would he sue the corporation for everything that they've done to him? Honestly, I would. And I One, think- you are leaving there without money because you don't know if that Sun Trust or whatever the name of the bank was, if that's even a real bank. Right. You know, so you don't know where, where's all the money that he's, if everybody else around them was getting paid, where's his money? Right. Because it's taking a job. So where I- was all the money in his 20 something, 29 years? Where's that? I would also assume that throughout the suit, the corporation would settle for a few to many millions of dollars. And so then he can live comfortably. Now, at that point, we can also assume that he dates and marries Sylvia and has kids. Hopefully. Does, do they travel to Fiji? What do you think? I would. I would. He already did the whole you know, traveling in the ocean and getting over his fears over the water. So yes, I would think they would travel to Fiji. Yeah. So he would sue the corporation, get a few million, travel to Fiji, finally marry Sylvia, have a few kids, but he would also, and you and I agree, 
would have to be in therapy for a very long time to get past or accept his fate, accept his life as it yep. was before, uh, before and after his the conclusion of the TV show. And it's not only that, he's leaving this TV show into the real world. So he needs to get that image of everything is fake out of his head. Right. You know, he's going to think for an extremely long time, everything is fake, everything is fake. Where's the camera? Camera's here, camera's there. He needs to get, he needs to, he needs fit, um, he needs professional help trying to get him to understand you're not in a TV show anymore. This is real life. And because now you can't walk out in the middle of the street. You can't smack someone on the butt like, like he did with the person on the ladder. There's many things that he did at the end that he will not be able to do in real life. And I think Sylvia is going to be a big part of that. Yes, getting of him, course. Get, getting through him. I That's going to that be his support system. I think that if she continues to be there for him, she's going to say, you know, this is real. This is not fake. They they might be, you know, one classic example that I heard from one of the reviews of this movie is, you know, if somebody holds the door for him, why? Are they genuinely nice? Is it because they know that he's a celebrity? Is it part of a TV show still? So that was a good point that they brought up about the emotional trauma that he will now need to live with for the rest of his life. Yeah, I agree. What would you give this movie a, a one out of 10? I would honestly give this movie 7.5 because there are many things that I think would have made it better. Um, like, um, his wife, how she interacted with him, the fact that everything was cookie cutter, you know, they could have made it a little bit more real, more realistic. Um, I do like all the actors that were in the movie. I think they did a fantastic job. Like I said, this is the only Jim, one of the only Jim Carrey movies that I actually like. I'm not into his old comedy stuff. Um, but this is one of the good ones because there was a little bit of comedy, but then there was things that were very serious and he did a really good job in, that, in those. But overall, about 7.5, maybe leaning towards 8, but around there between 7.5 and 8. Mine is a 9, 9 out of 10. And the reason why it's not a 10 out of 10 is because of the chronological issue. I would have loved to see this movie and figure out with Truman what's going on. Why is everybody so cookie cutter? Don't tell us anything about a TV show. Let us figure it out with him. I think that would have really roused the movie to the point where, wow, I don't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's going on. And when he kind of almost like finds out that's when we find out. And then we can go on that journey of, oh, who's this Kristoff guy? Oh, this is all fake. Oh, right. And it would have been that much better, in my opinion, if I would have been part of the filmmaking process. But again, from an outside point of view, nine out of 10, I, I think it's very su superb. Anything else about the film? 
no, that's pretty much. We think we covered everything about the film. It's a, it's a good one. It's an oldie, but it's still a good one. People say that this is the first step into reality TV shows of cameras following people's actions. I think Big Brother came out the next year, and the real world always had been going on. But as far as makes sense, reality TV shows and and finding people uh, through different angles, it, this was actually one of the starting points of that. And that does it for this episode of the Life Teacher Podcast. This has been the Truman Show Movie Commentary episode. This was almost like a bonus, but we're just going to keep it with the numbers. And until next time, bye. <laughs>